This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for people who are on the journey of living out their passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am always joined with my delightful and wonderful friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And today we have a special guest, our dear friend, Lisa Brennickmeyer, whom you will get to know today. And we just can't wait for you to meet her. But first and foremost, we have to start with Heather because she's up early because she's a West Coast girl. So Heather, did you have coffee? Are you okay? Actually, in honor of our <laughs> guest, our special guest, Lisa Brennickmeyer, I have started today with a cup of PG Tips tea. As if she was at my house because that's what she drinks. So I thought I would, you know, go with PG tips. So I'm doing just fine this early morning with my tea. (laughs) How are you, sister? I'm doing well. And Michelle, do you, how are you doing? Because you're still East Coast over there. How are you guys doing in the fall weather? Are you hanging in there or what? Oh my gosh, it's not fall weather. At least isn't over in St. Augustine, so she'll can probably attest to this. It is 80 stinking <laughs> degrees here. Like it is I know, beach man, it's days. Hot. It is totally beach days. Mm-hmm, I'm not complaining mm-hmm. though. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I was walking in downtown Pensacola yesterday and everyone was outside and it was like the birds were singing and everyone was happy. And I'm like, oh, this is the most wonderful time of the year. 80 degrees in November. Here we go. So it's all good, you know? And so, yeah. All good. Whatever. All the nuns are melting. It's so stinking hot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's just get a visual of that. Nuns melting. Oh my gosh. We're dying. We're like, where's the 50 degree weather? Anyway, we're all melting. We're melting. Um, but I don't want to delay any longer. I want to officially introduce to our listeners, our dear friend, Lisa Brennickmeyer, who is a wonderful woman, amazing story, just precious daughter of God. She's also the founderess of Walking With Purpose, which she's going to talk about later, but we're really going to get to encounter her heart today. So Lisa Brennickmeyer, welcome. Welcome to Abiding Together, girl. Thank you. It is so great to be with you all. Really, such an honor. Thank you. It's super fun. Super fun, Lisa. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it, so we're really happy to have you today. Ah, uh, thank you. Great to be with you. Mm-hmm. Wish it was in person. You look good, girl, because you're sick, right? Can you tell our listeners how you're doing? Because you got a little cold right now. Oh, I've got a lot of stuff with me. I've got my, you know, eucalyptus oil that I keep sniffing, my cough drops, my lemon water. Recovering. I'm on the. I'm on the upswing of a nasty cold. Yeah, I swore that I was not going to get near my husband who had it. And then after like day five, I was feeling like the ice queen. I thought, okay, I've got at least, you know, give him a hug or something. I should not have done it. I totally got it. So next time around, I'm like, the ice queen is going to rain until the virus is gone. So I don't get it. That's hilarious. Jake and I are both germaphobes. So we totally, yeah, yeah, we don't go near each other Mm -hmm. when each other's sick. It's just an understanding we have. Sometimes you just got to let it go, right? Just let it go, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, Lisa. <sighs> love that. I know. I was like, well, the cold never bothered us anyway. Um, I wish the cold would bother me right now, but I'm not going to talk about the Texas heat because I'm going to get over it. So let's not clog the lines here. Um, so Lisa, I just want to ask you, I'm just going to start asking you, we're all going to ask you some questions and because um, I just, yeah, I just can't wait for our listeners to hear your heart. So what, first of all, what does it mean to you to abide just to abide personally. And how do you do that in your personal journey with Christ? And maybe you could just kind of share a bit of your own story, um, just so everybody can hear kind of where you're coming from. Sure. Um, Well, I'm a convert. I converted um, to Catholicism just before I got married to my husband. And so growing up, I grew up in a really faith-filled home and have been... um, 
just an avid reader and lover of the Bible since I was a kid. And so that's that's one of the bonuses of growing up Baptist, where you really, from the get-go, are taught how to read the Bible in a devotional way, where it really speaks to your heart in practical and really personal ways. And so when I think about the word abide, which is a word I really love, I immediately think about um, John fifteen seven. I think it's a verse that just unpacks it so beautifully that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So I've always loved that verse as just a way of reminding me that um, just unpacking what it means if I'm going to be in a close personal relationship with Christ and abide with him. And one of the translations of abide in the Amplified Bible, I just love because it says that abide means to be vitally Mm. united. Isn't that cool? Vitally united. Uh, So I think about that and in my relationship with Christ and I think, okay, if I'm going to be vitally united to him, that makes me think about being totally alive, like not bringing him myself in some sort of methodical routine way, but to be to be my whole self, like all my emotions, like everything comes into that encounter with him. So it's like bringing my whole heart. So I think about prayer and abiding with him. I think, okay, then I'm going to bring all my emotions. And that's really how I start my time with the Lord each day is that I really bring him all that junk and I'm a big journaler. So I just start to journal. Here's my heart. Like, here's where I'm at. Here's, you know, all the negative stuff, all the, you know, the hopes, the dreams, the fears, I get it all out and then really ask him if he would just redeem that, like sort through it and, and heal in me what needs healing or like just put away the stuff that he's just wanting me to let go of. But really this idea and prayer of bringing my heart, bringing my emotions to him is to me a really important part of abiding. And then that verse talks about, his words abiding in us. And so for me, that's totally the reading and the memory, memorizing of scripture, just in my, in my personal life. And, um, and so when I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing it devotionally, which, so I write Bible studies. So a lot of the time that I'm in scripture, I'm delving in, in order to write a study. And that's not really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about abiding in him. I'm really talking about reading it, wanting to hear his voice speaking to me personally in it. Because um, there's so many lies that swirl in our culture and so many voices that tell me, you know, where my value and my identity should be coming from. And it's as I really delve into God's word that I can hear his voice. And that really helps me even just throughout my day to go, okay, what I'm thinking, what I'm hearing right now, is that his voice or is that a different voice? And if I'm not like every day delving into scripture in this way, I like get off. You know, the, the other mm-hmm. voices just start to make sense to me and I run after them and I, and I start doing what, you know, going where they're directing me to go. So that prayer time, that Bible study, both, you know, they're, they're all intertwined together. And, and then that last part of the verse, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Like, wouldn't that be the best if that was genie in the bottle, right? Okay, good. Now check, check. I've abided in you. Your words are abiding in me. Here's my deal. But really, of course, like we all know, bummer, but that's not how it works. It's really a time when my will is getting formed to his, right? Where I am sitting in the quiet. So that's that quiet time of abiding for me. Where I'm like, okay, now shape my will to yours. I, I want to want what you want, when you want, how you want it. But quite frankly, right now I really don't. So, so we wrestle, right? We wrestle in the quiet 
so that, you know, I want, so when I ask for his will to be done, when what, you know, those are like mm-hmm. getting meshed together, right? In a way mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have awesome. been before I started that time of prayer. So Lisa, I love what you were just saying, because I think that that's so practical for people. I I love hearing how other people pray, you know, because it's like, I only have my experience, but when I hear other people, what they do, it inspires me to, to try that out myself, you know? And I think for most of us, we don't know how to approach scripture. We don't know how to incorporate that, not on just an intellectual level, but into our heart level. So just what you're saying is so beautiful that you sit with the words that the truth is something that you can reflect on throughout your day as you're hit with different lies or experiences, which I think is just so valuable. Um, but you're, you know, you're a busy woman. Like, it's not like you have all the time in the world to just sit and reflect and and pray. So why don't you just tell us about your family a little bit and just maybe like, what are some of the obstacles that you experience um, as you try to abide in the Lord um, in situations that you find yourself maybe striving in? Sure. Um, well, I have seven kids and, and a husband. And so, yeah, it's, there's, there's lots going on and I have adult kids. I have a five-year-old. We have, you know, everything in between. So we're kind of in all the stages <laughs> except for diapers. We're not, we're not in that anymore. Like potty training is over. Thank you, Jesus. But um, thank you, Jesus. Oh my gosh. Least favorite part of parenting ever was potty training. So yeah, so it's, it's really busy. And so for me, the only way this gets done really is if I get up an hour before my people. Like if I, if I don't do that, you can forget it. I, I'm squeezing it in and it's, it's not, you know what I miss out on? I'll like check the box of the prayer in the Bible reading because I'm kind of a rule follower, but I miss out on the quiet because I'm doing it sometime where I'm super distracted. And then that whole part where I'm changed and transformed kind of gets skipped over. So when I think about the obstacles. I would say obstacle number one is that I love my sleep. I love my sleep. And so what happens is I'm in my super cozy bed and and the enemy just starts speaking the lie to me that one more hour of sleep is greater than one hour with Christ. Like you, oh, you, must, oh, oh, you oh. must sleep or yeah. you will not function today. You will not be able to cope. You will be crabby. You know, the Life will get the better of you if you do not get this precious hour of sleep. And it's so wrong. So it's, it's such a lie. It's such a lie. The truth is God multiplies my time when I put him first. Like it's craziness how he does that. The stuff that I'll be able to get done, the things that come together and are put into place. It's like clockwork true, but in bed when I'm cozy, I mean the lie. I'm just like, oh, yes, that is so true. I must sleep. So that really, that's a major, major obstacle. And then another huge obstacle for me, quite frankly, is that I want my own way. I just really, Mm -hmm. the truth is nine times out of 10, I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. And, um, And so when I think about that's a major obstacle to really having this time of abiding where I relinquish my will to God's. And that's also really connected to when striving kicks into my life because when I feel out of control, and that can be in an area of life, that can be in ministry as a mom, as a wife, the state of my house. Like when all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, it looks like we, you know, can have a garage sale out of every single room in this house. And it just like all of a sudden I can't deal. Like I can't deal with the chaos and the clutter. You know, whatever. I just all of a sudden go, I'm not in control. I'm not in control. And so in that moment, Instead of relying on God and remembering he is in control and he is going to take care of these details, 
so often and all too often, I agree with the lie. It's all up to me. Like that, there would be my Achilles heel right there. It is all up to me. And I don't even pick up on it. All of a sudden, I'm just like feeling out of control. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. I think it's all up to me. Oh, yes, it is. And I switch into striving mode and I get busy instead of getting on my knees. And um, and very often it takes someone calling me out on that to realize that's what I'm doing. I'm white knuckling. I'm striving. I'm suddenly thinking, you know, all of this depends on my per- performance, not on just being a conduit for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that I can totally relate to, like the uh, the self reliance that can kick in, and and really, don't you feel like that's a it's a lack of trust in God's provision and abundance? You know, like when we kick into that, and it's it's often that we try to create fruit from our own power. You know, we try to make things happen, and there might be like some some fruit that comes from that, but it's not spiritual abundant fruit that lasts. You know, it's not like the really joyful life giving fruit that that lasts. Do you find that? Do you find the difference between like like what comes from striving and what comes from abiding. Absolutely. Like what comes from striving very often completes my to-do list. So stuff gets done. But something that um that I've just learned over the years, I don't even know who who taught it to me, but I think it's so true is that in that moment then, it's almost like the Lord is saying, and that was your reward. That was it. That was it. You like checked the boxes did that feel good? I hope so, because that's it. Because the eternal fruit that you really want, that's not going to come from what you just did. Oh, gosh. So good. That's so good. Mm. Mm, I absolutely agree. And I think also just with age, not that we are spring chickens. I'm just kidding. We're not old at all. But with age comes the maturity. We're all about this. Whatever, Heather. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, yes, whatever. Anyway, with age comes maturity. And I think all of us are a season, especially since all four of us are in ministry, is that we really want fruit that's going to last. You know, we are just not going to do stuff that, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to do, or that'd be great to be included, or isn't this? We want stuff that's going to bring God glory and not us. And we want stuff that's fruit that's going to last and then that is eternal. Um, one of my favorite stories about Lisa is, um, and I'm going to try to say it without getting teary eyed is, um, when I was stepping back into full-time ministry a couple of years ago, um, you know, Satan is cunning and sneaky and he will go for us. I always say, especially for mothers, we have like an Achilles heart and not of Achilles heel and our Achilles heart are kids, you know? And so we step out for the kingdom. A lot of times attack comes either marriage or a lot of times it comes, to our kids, you know, because our husbands can kind of defend themselves. Our children, you know, they, we sometimes feel like they are left vulnerable. And I remember stepping, I was about to step back into full-time ministry and started creating things. And um, God was just really stirring a vision in me. And I was wrestling with this vision and attack came through my middle son. And it was just, I was blindsided. I mean, I was blindsided and devastated. And I remember telling the Lord, like, if this is how you treat your friends, you know, I'm out. Like, I'm fine if you come at me. I won't have you come through my kids. And I'm like, I am done. I do not want to be in ministry. I, do- I mean, it's just everything. And by some chance, Lisa just called me that day, had no idea what was going on. And I mean, and she talked to me off the ledge and she's like, no, you're not. You are not quitting. 
And um, this, I mean, she just spelled every lie that I was thinking in my head and said, you know, he is coming at you because there's something that you have to do for the kingdom and the Lord will have your children surrender, you know, this whole thing. And I mean, just eternally grateful for that. So um, with that being said, but like, what does abiding uh, together look like in your life? I mean, I know for you and I, we talk every couple of months, but when we talk, it's not surface conversation. It's like, all right, let's go there, you know. Yeah. And so what does abiding look like in your like everyday life? And then um, how do you journey with other people, especially like your sisters in the Lord and Christ and um, in your spiritual walk? I think that um, when I, with abiding together, thinking about community, um, for me, that's pretty much always really back. I go all the way back to college to say that that's been in a small group of some sort, that it's been a group of friends, or not necessarily friends to begin with, we became friends down the road where um, we decided we're going to share meaningfully about our lives. We're going to be really intentional in relationship. Um, Another common element always in those groups was we would dig into scripture together. And to me, this is so critical that we not just get together into small group and share life. I, I think there's a lot of, you know, you'll hear the term life groups or doing life together or whatever. And there's enormous value to that. But what we really need is to hear from God even more than we need to hear from each other. We need both. We need to speak life into each other's lives, but we really need to hear from God. And I think if we're not coming together and really getting into God's word, and by that, I'm not even talking about reading a book together, like God's word, I think that we start to substitute things for the purity of his voice. And I think we need to be grounded in truth. So I've always sought that out really since college. I've had a small group of, of women that I've been getting together with in that way, digging into scripture and praying together, like sharing prayer requests, lifting each other daily up in prayer um, during the week. So that for me, if I've not had that, on offer, then I've created it. Just in, even when I lived internationally, you know, I always had a small group, um, that I was a part of. And what's been kind of interesting for me is that for years, just being a part of that small group really fed me, you know, in, in, in those relationships. And then something really shifted when walking with purpose took off. And I actually worked myself out of a small group. Because nothing kills a small group discussion than the person who wrote the Bible study sitting there and everybody just kind of gets quiet and it's like, <laughs> it totally kills it. It's like, I'll come and I'll be like, this is going to be so awesome. And everybody, you know, and, and it's just, I am the one killing the sharing and the conversation. And so I realized, um, what had worked for me for so many years, I kind of worked myself out of that, um, I don't know that that opportunity, that gift, whatever you want to call it. So friendship really increased in importance for me that I would have friends who would really speak into my life. And, um, and I have a friend in particular, we're in ministry together. And, um, and one of the things I value most about her is that she doesn't just work with me. She, um, before anything else, she, she is tuned into how I am and she does not settle for fake fine. So like, we'll get on the phone and like, I'll be train wrecked in my heart, but I'll be like, you know what? We got stuff to get done. We've got to get down to business. And she'll just immediately go, something's funky in your voice. Something's funny. How are you? And I'll be like, it's good. It's all, I'm fine. Let's go. And she'll be like, nope, nope. What's going on? What's, you know, give me a number from one to 10, 10, you're awesome. One, you're crappy, you know, whatever. And really forces me to reveal my heart and to go there. And that has been 
really, really important for me to have in ministry. Um, and also she reads everything I read. So if I read a book and I'm like, oh, this is rocking my world, literally she orders it on Amazon Prime and she's read it in like two days so that we can talk about it. So that as I'm growing, she's growing and we're talking about the same things. So there's really rich spiritual conversation going on as well. And um, and I need that. And I also really need friends who are just fun, like abiding together where we just laugh and and are able to be light. And we kind of share the same view on parenting and life in the world and our faith, but that when we come together, we can just kick back and and play games. And, and we have that in St. Augustine because we really made intentional decisions to get that. Like we all really make time for each other. And that was a part of a big move we made, like a geographical move to start really having those kinds of relationships. And um, it didn't just happen at all. And it took a move for us. But I value that so deeply. People who just will laugh with me and keep me lighthearted and, and not all focused on, you know, the state of the world and the church, you know, mm-hmm, whatever else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so good what you're saying, like um, to have it be outside of the realm that you're most comfortable in, like your expertise, which would be your Bible studies and that kind of thing. Like to be able to cultivate it outside of that, where you're just Lisa Brennickmeyer, you're not Lisa Brennickmeyer walking with purpose foundress. Um, I think is really key for, for all of us, where, like where we have a place where we can put aside all the labels, um, all of the jobs, the things, whatever, and just be ourselves, like truly who we are so that people can relate to us on the heart to heart level. If we come into relationships with um, with other things like that, it makes it impossible to deeply connect with one another. So I love what you're saying about that. And the play part, I love that. It's so, so, so key. Well, and I also appreciate, Lisa, that you're talking – because we've talked about this before of how friendships don't just happen. And I think we we were talking about earlier, we had all listened to a podcast about friendship. And the woman on the podcast was saying that when when you were a child, you go to school and your friendships are built in. And so she said, you grow up and you think, okay, my friendships will just be built in. But she's like, when you become an adult, they're not. And you really have to work at them. And somehow we think friendship should just come naturally. And it's something that, like you said, sometimes it takes a move. Sometimes it makes the continue, it takes a continual intentionality to really be friends with people and to share at that heart level and also learn how to laugh. So I appreciate you saying that because it's not easy. It's not easy. It really does take effort, a, a beautiful effort, like a, a fruitful sowing into the soil, so to speak. Mm. And Lisa, I would love to hear, I'm a big believer in, you know, create the things that you wish exist, you know, create what you need and out there. So I want to hear, just give our listeners just a little, okay, how did, what was the beginning birthing of walking with purpose? Like, why did you even create it? Like, what was God stirring in your heart then? You Such know, a great program. Um, yeah. Um, so like, what was God speaking to you about walking with purpose when you created it? Yeah, it was really, it was really birthed out of a holy discontent. You know, may I, may I stress discontent? You <laughs> were there. And, um, and really just feeling like it didn't matter. It felt to me like it didn't matter whether or not I went to mass to anybody else in, in the church community that I could go in, I could go out or I could not, and nobody would miss me or notice whether or not I had been there. 
And, um, and I was actually complaining to, um, a mentor who I really respected deeply about my frustration that way. And I thought she'd really sympathize with me. And she just looked at me and she said, it sounds to me like the problem is with you, you know, that you need to, you know, instead of sitting there so kind of mad about it all, go be the change that you want to see oh, in the world. Like, get wow. up, girl, and go. And I was like, dang, girl. All right. Okay. So, and so, you know, Walking with Purpose, you know, was started. And it really, I created it because I wanted it for that community for me. But it just snowballed. Like we started, there were eight of us. And by the end of the year, there were 14. That next year, there were 30. And it just started to go, go, go. And I think the bottom line is so many women are really hungry for connection, for meaningful relationship with women. And they do want to to read scripture, but in a way that doesn't feel necessarily so academic as it is something transformative and really practical. And so instead of um, starting with a perspective of, okay, what do these women need to be taught? I went to the women who were leaving the church and said, what questions do you have that aren't being answered? Wow. You know, what needs have you had that weren't met? And then I'm like, okay, that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to step into those issues. And um, I never thought of myself as a writer at all. I'm a psychology major, not an English major. But I think in a way that really, the Lord has really used that with my psychology background and combining it with just a, a love of scripture to bring the two together so that that we're looking at a woman as a whole, like her, her heart has got to be brought into the discussion um, and her emotions need to be acknowledged and, and brought, you know, brought in line with what, with what scripture is teaching. And so it's not that our emotions are leading us because of course that can take us into all sorts of wrong directions, but they're acknowledged and, and presented so that a woman feels seen and, and heard and then is in this environment really of belonging and, I think a real distinctive has been that a lot of women have come who have left the church, have had one foot out the door. Um, and so people are coming with all sorts of doubts and questions and from, you know, not at all from a buttoned up place spiritually necessarily, although some of those women come as well. And, and you can come as is with zero background in Bible study or anything. And we go to scripture to be taught, all of us as people on the journey. So it's a facilitator, not a teacher in the group. And, um, and so it's just been a really beautiful time of sharing and growth and a real byproduct that I see is is just this revival that happens in the parishes. But um, it's a byproduct because really what we stay focused on is the heart of that woman. And is she being connected to Christ in a personal way? And is she blossoming? Is she coming alive, fully alive as her heart is brought into the whole the whole discussion? Mm -hmm. Actually, Lisa, we did your, I think I told you this, but we had your book um, and Walking with Purpose, the book, and we just did a book study at our parish. And we only have 250 families at our parish, but 60 women came <laughs> every week. It was amazing. And what I loved about it was that we would talk about the book, but it quickly turned from the content in the book to the content of the heart, you know, and it just opened the door for women to be able to share what was actually going on, what the actual stumbling blocks were. So 
the book was just like a conduit for all of this amazing conversation to happen that wasn't really the content of the book. And I thought this was really well written that way, um, that it would draw people into connection and relationship as they share. So I, I love what you do and what Walking with Purpose offers. Um, and you have so many studies now that people can kind of access whatever they feel like their community or, or small group is needing, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got seven different studies with different, you know, levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Yes, yeah, so you can just dive into whatever your group really feels like they need. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm so appreciative, Lisa, of the gift that you bring to the church, mm-hmm. yes. um, but also our relationship mm-hmm. with you, like our friendship with you. And I'm I'm always so inspired to see people who radically pursue the calling that God has on their life. And you are one of those women that you're all in. And I just appreciate that so much about you. I'm inspired by it. And I'm just praying for your ministry because I think it it really is having a huge impact in the church. It's wonderful. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's such a great, I mean, just meeting you has been a a true jewel of all of our lives. So, and we're going to put all the information for Walking With Purpose on the website and just different links so people can investigate it themselves. But I'm glad they got to hear your heart today, Lisa, because that's the most beautiful thing about you is your heart. And um, I think you know that at the end of every episode on Abiding Together, we have a one thing. So... (laughs) I know and with your cold and everything, if you want to, but we would love to have our listeners here. What, my dear Lisa Brennigmeyer, what is your one thing this week that is rocking your world? Oh my gosh. This is my one thing. It is the book, The Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. Oh, oh love this book. I am carrying this book around like it's my cell phone. Like, I'm not kidding. It is in my purse. It's, you know, when I'm flying and I just, you know, there are little words of encouragement that I've just loved. And what to me is so cool about this book, which has rocked my world and just communicated deeply to my heart that I am God's beloved in a way that very little else has to this degree. But you know what I love best about this book is Henry Nowen wrote this book almost as a letter to his Jewish friend, trying to really connect with someone who was coming from a secular perspective about God's love and the way that God saw him. And he pours his heart into this book, thinking about his friend every single second of it. And what killed me is at the end of this book, and I'm as I'm reading, I'm like, you know, this friend is like gonna be totally converted from this book. It's so powerful. And at the end in the epilogue, Henry Nowen writes, When I gave it to my friend to read, he was like, Well, you know, <laughs> didn't really do Dang. it for me. Didn't really do it for me. Like, <laughs> nice try, but it sounded like all the other stuff you write. And I'm sure Henry Nowen was like, you've got to be kidding me. But the book has like had enormous impact in the lives of searching Christians. And to me, it's like the double blessing of the content of the book is powerful. But it's this message also that we get this in mind, like, I'm going to do this work for you, God, and this is going to be the fruit. And then we don't see the fruit and we're like, well, then forget it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And God's saying, listen, like what I'm doing here is my own deal. Like my word is not going to go out void. We know that from Isaiah 55, 11. Love that verse. It's going to accomplish the purpose that I had for it. You just be faithful. And that's what the, you know, that book really, really reminds me. So Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. Awesome. Oh. That is awesome. That's a sign to me because I was actually thinking of that book and I'm like, I feel like the Lord said you should get that book. And now it's your one thing. I didn't even know that. I'm like, that's it. Kindle, Kindle version in 30 seconds when we're done recording this. So, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? What's your one thing? 
Well, first of all, I love, love, love book. We did a retreat on it a couple of years back, a women's retreat on it, just breaking that book down. And um, it is, I mean, the quotes in that book, like, I mean, every single page, like highlight, total um, highlight books. Um, For my one thing, it is um, just celebrating life. Um, This past weekend, I went to one of my dearest friends. We threw her baby shower in Lafayette, Louisiana, and she's having her bonus baby, her fifth baby. Um, in her 40s and her youngest is fourth grade. So this baby was a surprise. But one of the most beautiful things was her four older children wrote letters to this new baby that was about to be born and the things they wish they would teach. And it was just one of the most beautiful moments to watch these four kids, to hear their letters read to this baby that's about to be born and how to celebrate life. And that God's surprises, even though they are not planned, are always for um, to bring forth more life. You know, it was just a total celebration of um, just life and family. And um, they're just all so excited about this new baby about to be born. And it was just such a good reminder for me because the next day, a dear friend of mine's mother passed away. And it was just, I, feel, I constantly feel like, I don't know if it's us getting a little older, that the theme music from Steel Magnolias is always playing, like the themes of life, the different seasons, like we're going through, you know, new life and then all this kind of stuff. But it's also making me... Um, realize how precious um, life is, you know, just absolutely how precious life is. So yeah, that's my one thing. What about you, Heather? What's your one thing? My one thing is, uh, as Lisa was talking about playfulness, my one thing is pranking your friends because this has brought me <laughs> honestly so much joy. Are you like hiding under people's weeks. beds or what? Oh my goodness. So I have, we're, I'm kind of living the dream right now. A childhood friend of mine um, from when we were 13, he lives on our street with his five kids. So we literally, our kids and their kids, just we all hang out, hang out in the street. So last year he started this thing with pumpkins after Halloween where he just started putting them like on my doorstep, like sneaking them around. And then he left his garage open and so I snuck them into his garage, you know, so it was this banter back and forth. So then this year, of course, our youngest daughter, Eva, had her um, her arm broken and he showed up at my house and he was he brought some cookies and whatever. He's so sweet. And then he said, um, just so you know, I'm not going to go easy on you just because Eva broke her arm, you know, with the pumpkins. And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. So here it started again, which in the midst of, you know, you're having a hard time. It was just so, it brought me so much joy. Like I just kept thinking about it and laughing because I opened up my door one morning and there's a pumpkin in my tree, like way up in my tree. And then he posted on Facebook with a picture of his truck with a ladder by my tree. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And he's like, oh, our friends are really celebrating Halloween still, you know, it's the week after. So it looks ridiculous. And then I sneak it outside of his kitchen window. Okay. But I just want everybody to know I had the last laugh because... I have a friend who has a little pumpkin patch. They had extra pumpkins. So at midnight, I rolled about 20 pumpkins onto his front lawn. So he literally had this pumpkin patch on his front lawn and he woke up and he was like, well done, well done. <laughs> so so I, just the playfulness between friends, I, I'm just so appreciative of that. And I think it's just a good reminder to me, you know, that you can't take life too seriously. Like you got to remember to have fun in the midst of it. So that's my one thing. Mm -hmm. Sister, Mm -hmm. how about you? (laughs) 
Oh, I love that. Well, speaking of friends, I have two very dear friends, uh, Liz Sams and Janine McGann, who are in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they're both youth ministers, and they're creators of a documentary for women called Speaking to Sparrows. And so I was spending time with them a couple weeks ago, and in Janine's kitchen, she had this coffee mug with a picture of Jesus on it, and he's saying, who loves you, baby? And when I saw that, I laughed so hard. And so last night, I got a box in the mail, and I opened it up, and it's my very own, my very own mug with Jesus on it, looking at me, saying, who loves you, baby? So... I'm going to take I'm going to take a picture of it and post it for our listeners but oh Janine and Liz I love you too and thank you that just literally made my whole day and probably pretty much my life right coffee that's and Jesus awesome. like it doesn't get much better than that so That's awesome. <laughs> well thank you so much listeners for joining us. Thank you Lisa. It's been a, such a delight to have you on the show and uh, you can find out more about walking with purpose and we're going to post the links there. We also have discussion questions available for our podcast. So if you want to kind of take some take away some discussion questions and ponder it and maybe talk to some friends about it, we're going to do that for you as well. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? Please, you can subscribe to us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com, on iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a review, leave us an email. We love to hear from you. And so thank you very much and God bless you. And until we see you again, we'll be abiding together. Have a great week. <laughs>